listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API. Now from the Nowcast Network Studios, here's Mike. Hey, welcome to the Audio Nowcast. My name is Mike Rodriguez, and before we get going, let me introduce the guys. Over here, on my right, we've got Mr. Nick Peck. Hello, Mike! Oh, two months. I just cannot believe it. It's been so long since I've been able to put out my jocular, jovial uh, jovial greeting to you gentlemen. It is wonderful to see you all again. Jocular? Yeah. Uh, we had a little mic uh, problem there. Hey, uh, next in, we've got the one and only Scott Gershon. Hello, Mike! <laughs> Hello! <laughs> just not mimicking everybody. You know? <laughs> uh, next to him, we've got Bobby Osinski. Hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, I wasn't the contrast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The low-key kind of approach. And finally, over here, on my left, we've got the one and only Iron Man of the Audio Nowcasts. Mr. I've never missed a podcast, Rob Arbiter. Hello there, everyone. And how many have I not missed? You've not missed. Well, this will be show number 178, even though we wow. still have to post 177. Uh-huh. But uh, it's, it'll, it'll, it'll come back. Hey, guys. It's so good to see everybody. It's good to be oh, back. Oh, yeah. It's good to be seen, Mike. It's, been, it's good to be seen. It's been like four months. It's really – it's wow. been the longest break on the podcast that we've ever had. I just wanted to get the podcast up and running. So here we are. Kind well, of- welcome. It's good to have everybody here. <laughs> and now I have n- no more excuse to ever be late for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I can't wait till you uh, Skype in from upstairs though. That just, could happen. Just for old times. That could happen. We have the Skype screen right here. We thought Mr. Summerfield might join us today, but he's on a flight, so uh, hopefully next time. Yeah, well, maybe next time. Anyway, uh, guys, a lot has happened, and really quick, I just want to give this story of why we took a break. Um, Essentially, I got a phone call from uh, the place where we're at for for 10 years. I was at that place. It was a studio, and I know there's a lot of people out there that can relate to this, where you lose your studio through no fault of your own. I got a phone call two days after I got locked out of my studio. And basically the owners of the place I was subleasing from said, um, we sold the business. Uh, they changed the locks on the, on the doors and you can't get into your studio. And Oh, by the way, you got to be out. (laughs) It's like, Oh my goodness. It was like (laughs) one, two, one, two. I mean, it was a punch to the gut, punch to the face. But don't worry about it because they sold all of your gear while you were gone. (laughs) With the auction. It was great. I bought a couple of it. It it was crazy. You know, not only having to land Westway, which was kind of my secret lab. It's where I, I do a lot of my, outside work and and do a lot of stuff. So you have to find a place to work. But then you have to find a place to land the podcast. And, you know, it was perfect over at the other place because we did it. It wasn't the best, but, you know, we did it for so long at the conference room. Um, So our first VR show was actually the last show that we recorded there. And uh, and it was really – I'll tell you, I was really bummed. And I didn't know if the podcast was coming back. I was really, really just despondent and I couldn't find a place. And and then – Luckily, I found a place to land Westway, which is really cool, and that kind of helped. And, and then I was talking to Rob, and Rob said, hey, why don't we do it over at, over at my place? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> because, and here we are. you know what? It's going to be really easy to talk about any piece of gear and then say, yeah, it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> if you could remember it, think it, or dream it, it's pretty much in the room. That's right. Yeah, maybe. I mean, right now you, I can look at Insonic stuff and I can look at Roland and I mean, literally there's a little bit of everything. At it's this probably place. not a good idea to stare straight into the Insonic stuff or anyone. <laughs> <like that. laughs> 
Anyhow, but uh, just things worked out and now so we're here and I'm so glad. And uh, so that's why I did the little post where I updated everybody. But for those of you that haven't listened to the little thing, that's basically the story in a nutshell. And uh, everything worked out. And so now we're going to be back on the air. We're going to be doing some fun stuff and we're going to be doing some fun stuff with the 360 video. And uh, it's just going to be great. We've got – I went to the AES and lined up a ton of really great guests and it's going to be amazing. We're going to – it's just gonna it's gonna be back like it was, man. The factory going through and having a lot of really cool people and talking shop and talking gear. And you can't be in this place and not talk about gear. I mean it's just it's almost overwhelming. It's jaw dropping. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually Nick's first time being here. And so oh my. <laughs> look at that grin. Look at that. I'm in synthesizer candy land. What can I do? <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, there's some there's I, just sitting here, there's some classics, the Waldorf down there um the korg radius which is right over here i love the korg radius by the way it's really it was one of the very first synths that had that that uh that arpeggiation sequencing thing just Mm -hmm. down you know it was just amazing anyhow so that's the story that's what we're gonna do we're gonna be doing a bunch of stuff but before we do that we gotta catch up it's been months all right it's been months since uh since we've all sat around and I, I saw pretty much everybody at AES and we're going to start there at AES and we're going to kind of work our way backwards. But um, AES was a great show, I thought. It, it was in the fact that it just seemed to be um, a certain positivity about it. You know, people were not as gloom. You know, you're not you – you, you, I didn't get the sense that they were painting a gloomful picture of like I have in past and – and also what was really great is API uh, introduced a big format console, the, their Access. And that's, that's awesome, not only because they sponsor us. And by the way, API stuck with us the whole time and they're still our sponsor and we love those guys. But just the fact that they can make a big console, that there's a market out there and, and for these big consoles. And there is. You know, I know they've, they already have it sold and they've actually – they're selling a couple of them. Um, and – just to see big analog gear um, being moved is is really encouraging because it just means that that there are projects out there that can sustain a studio that has a big console like that. Um, I just want to open it up since I know everybody was there. What did you guys think of AES and, and what did you think of uh, what you saw there? Uh, the – the only downside that I noticed for AES is that it felt smaller than usual. It was Did definitely you guys small. Have that same, yeah, yeah. It seemed like it was you know two thirds the size of a normal AES exhibit hall. But there was a lot of, I mean, there was a lot of great stuff to see there, and there was a lot of really great things. I would say for me, the big news of AES is the emergence of Dante into what looks to me to be you know the de facto standard methodology for digital audio transfer from place to place over Ethernet. It looks great. Yeah, I, you definitely saw that. What about you, Scott? Did you see anything? AES? Yeah, you know, I, I, I actually was doing a lot of lecturing. I did four lectures at AES this year. Wow. And um, it was kind of fun. And, um, you know, I was looking a lot. Uh, I've, I've been, since we've spoken, I've been very heavy into VR and uh, looking at some of the VR technologies uh, that was there. Um, I was really impressed with Alan Side's new speakers. I now knew they are, but the speakers that they were showing, that was really nice. Um, I forgot the one company. You know, they've been uh, – it's the plug-in company that takes vocals out of music. What they did, though, was they created a plug-in 
that does noise reduction, but it, they're not actually reducing noise. What they're doing is they're extracting the dialogue out of the background. And it's amazing. They're, they're, they're taking it a totally different way because most time you're trying to identify the noise and knock it down. What they're doing is they're identifying the dialogue and bringing it up and then the byproduct goes away. And it was very impressive. It, uh, it's not in real time. They try to render it to a cloud and, and there's a problem with that that I don't know anyone is going to allow their their dialogue or vocals to be – send it somewhere hoping that – you know, and they get it back <laughs> for the processing power. But um, that was impressive. Uh, Isotopes – was it Neutron? Neutron. Yeah, that was very, very impressive what they were showing. It was a lot of great stuff going on and um, it, it, it did have a great vibe to it. I totally, totally agree with that. Bobby, what about you? I agree about the vibe. Uh, there is no doom and gloom. I was disappointed that a lot of manufacturers didn't show. Uh, Universal Audio being the biggest one, but mostly smaller software companies. And, um, of course, it's either NAM or AES, and most of them think, well, I'd rather spend my money on NAM. But you can't blame them. <clears throat> yeah. You can't blame them on that. So uh, that was, you know... Uh, Something that was disappointing for sure. Uh, I think what impressed me most is the what I, I'll call the next generation of plugins, with Neutron being one. And there was another company that I saw that didn't have a booth, and I can't remember the name of them, unfortunately. But they had a, a similar plugin. And what Neutron does is it, it basically it it examines a track and a track beside it or a, a, another track that you you select and then it will see what frequencies mask and it will set out EQ automatically that uh, you can follow and therefore it will do the uh, the EQing that normally takes years and, and years in real to time. Do in that's, real time. That's yeah. the biggest. It's not yeah. a snapshot and it stays that way. Right. It'll just EQ in, you know, as it's, it's seeing the other track. There is another company, again, that I talked to that has a similar plugin for the low end, and it would figure out the low end, which, again, most people have, you know, problem with, and, and it would figure out, you know, the best, uh, the best EQ for you for to get the low end, which is kind of interesting as well. So, again, there's a new generation of plugins that are coming out that I think are very interesting, and it goes beyond what we have. So it's more, uh, instead of user-generated, it's more plug-in-generated, you know, automatic stuff. Bobby, I, 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 this is the first I've heard of these things. Do they have presets for particular <clears throat> genres of music? So, you know, I want to do drum and bass low end or I want to do rock low end or I want to do, uh, you know, is, is it that kind of thing? Uh, yeah, sort of on, on that particular one, yes. On Neutron, I didn't no, see I don't think plugins. So. so what Neutron will do is you say, here is my key track that I want to make sure that I protect. And then you compare it against another track. And it says, all right, now, if this is my key track, anything that starts masking it, basically start carving it in real time. So what it'll do, so if you have uh, 1K, 2K, and there's something that comes up, it'll start EQing it out to make holes for your key track. 
or your automatically. Well, automatically, well, it just happens. Yeah, yeah. Th- that whole gener- there's a whole generation of software guys that software companies that are doing some amazing things. I mean, obviously Isotope, but but you look at look at um, like one of my favorites that I always talk about is Output. You know, with their with their uh, their sense that they do their you know it's basically their they have substance is their new one. It's all based. They, it all works with the contact playback engine, but they also do exhale and they have um, uh, rev and what was it? the other one? There's a lot of great stuff coming out. I think. I mean, I'm, we we were just talking about in the VR side since we've got the camera. You know, they were showing. Oh goodness, about a half a dozen to a dozen signal. Sorry, that was the that was the one I forgot. I love that one. Oh yeah, so, but I say there's a lot of ambisonic technologies that are starting to make resurgence up. You know, yeah, all, you know. yeah from uh, from microphones and 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 Ambio and, from from Sennheiser. Right. Yes, ca- capture uh, elements all the way through to new workstations and just co- for VR. And the cool, cool thing I like about VR, which is now going up to a whole other level. What they're doing as the plugins, they'll show you the picture, and you actually can automate against picture where what you're looking at. So you can actually instead of trying to go, I think it's sort of this degree and that degree. You just pick hit picture and fly it around, and then if you're a little bit off, it'll fix it. Yeah. So there's some lot of amazing wait so tech it, out there. It'll it'll. It'll follow picture. You'll be able to. Yeah, so you can just loosely kind of f- see it, and it'll go. Oh, you're trying to do this, and then you can then tweak it. Wow. It's amazing how far VR has come so fast. There's so many, especially on a developer level. So many of them have jumped in, and and new ones. People that have, or manufacturers that have come out of outer space. You know? There's it's money so, to be made there. People well, are o- thinking it's going to be a hundred and twenty billion dollar industry so. in October. There have been three conferences a week, and I've gone through at least half of them. I've been up to Facebook. I've been to Oculus. I've been all over the place, and there's more coming. This is like uh, I went to uh, VR on the Lot. This week is Digital Hollywood. Yeah. Next, and they had Immersive in Seattle. It's. I think the only way to make money in VR is to have a conference. Yeah, because <laughs> nobody's making money with no, VR yet. No it. one is making money. That's the that's the crazy thing about VR is everybody is pushing these technologies and they're great, they're phenomenal. Don't get me wrong, um, but no one's making money. It's well, it's so expensive to do VR right now. Um, the cool. Well, I'll talk about this a little bit later. But I'm involved with a VR project on on a totally different level, on a different scale. But that's the whole key is how you, how are you making money how you know if you if you try going for the goggles and you go for the headsets there's not there's not a lot of them out there yet you know a playstation just came out with theirs it's all still kind of fixed you know oculus is coming out with their controller so it's getting there but, but it's where but it's but where it's, it's so expensive still but it's where it's going you've got companies like magic leap yeah. in florida and what they're doing is they're going to actually project onto the eyeball right so they're having a whole different way of technology. I mean, I actually changed companies because of VR. So now I'm at Technicolor, and we are opening up the Technicolor Experience Center in Culver City. And they're putting millions of dollars into building this giant facility that is going to be dealing with VR, with the Sound Lab in Burbank. You know, what's fascinating for me, and, and I've been exposed to things I've never been exposed to, 
is we have sister companies, which are called MPC and The Mill and Mr. X. And these are serious visual effects. MPC does all the visual effects for um, um, for Marvel, all the Marvel movies. They did Jungle Book. So their stuff is very leading edge. Same thing with The Mill. And, you know, we're doing experimentation of cameras looking at the Oso and the Fraunhofer cameras. And it, there's a lot of people... There's no money yet, yeah. But there's a lot of people banking on content. So I see Fox is heavy into it, Legendary is into it. Yeah, all these companies are now trying to find the talent, find the the content, and then start going. John's been doing rock concerts. But here's the here's <clears throat> the thing. Well, go ahead, Bobby. Well, it yeah. reminds me of the early days of surround sound, <clears throat> but the difference is. There were no tools then. Everybody was very enthusiastic about it. There were conferences. Everybody wanted to do it, and they just didn't have the tools. Now it's just the opposite. It seems like the tools are ahead of the content. They're miles ahead of the content, and that's one of the problems with with VR right now is it requires so much from so many people. Uh, What I mean is from the content producers, it's very expensive. You got to have a lot of tools to do it properly, you know, especially if you're going to get into interactive. But also, if you think about it, it requires a lot from the user. It requires, you know, especially to really get the full experience, it requires you to get a headset, to get a computer, to get, you know, whatever you need to to get the, the, the experience. And then, it requires a lot of your time and it requires you to be in a fixed place and it just – there's just a lot of requirements for a lot of different things. I, I will tell you one place where people are making money is you can do 360 video kind of like what we do on our podcast. You know, That is actually – the budgets for that are pretty darn similar to what you would do with traditional video um, because of the technology and, and what you can use. Um, really, it's 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 – Kind of like the in-between. So you're going to see a lot of 360 video. You know, that's a lot of the stuff like Red Bull does where they get the GoPro and they put the Omni in and, and that. That's, that's you know, that's 360 video and that's actually um, – people are making money and people are actually producing that at, at relatively decent um, budgets compared to what they would do with regular normal, you know, 2D stuff. Um, so it's it, – we're still in the in-between stage, you know. But if, if you think about it, VR – and you can watch in it essence, it's actually started two weeks ago or maybe even this week. And what I mean by that, we've had cardboard and we've had – it's been very gimmicky. Right. But now Sony's released Sony VR. Right. Google has released Daydream. Now all of a sudden the big boys are stepping up and they're starting to come up with solutions that people can afford and they're coming fast. And I think that the reason why the tools have to be there and the content has to be there – it's almost like, hey, I bought a computer. What do you do on it? I don't know. I don't have any content, but it's really kind of cool. So the only way that VR is going to work is if you have a reason to do something on it. Yeah, it's true. Well, but even look, even Sony, you know, I played with the Sony VR and it's $500 to get the one that you want, which has the motion controller and also has the camera. And that's on top of your console. And it's still what I would call you know, um, B-17 gunner position where, you know, yeah. where you're basically fixed and you're just, you're doing a bunch of stuff. Don't get me wrong. It's cool. The Batman game, I played the demo from the Batman game. That is pretty awesome. I, I will say it's like, wow, I looked at, uh, I looked at the graphics and stuff, but it's, it's going to be interesting. But, but you, have you done the they, Vive though, right? They, yeah, no, I've so done the Vive, you can have a whole room yeah. 
And you could, I mean, it's But the problem with the vibe is. You're tethered. Is, is, well, you're tethered, but also, you know, you can have the whole room, but every once in a while you get that error screen where it's lost your tracking and just yeah. kind of sucks you out of it. So you need, to de- you need to dedicate a space to be able to do VR. Right. And, and it's like I said, it's just all the requirements are, are really heavy. We got to make it, and, and I think Magic Leap is going to be one of the companies where it's going to start being the requirements are going to be less and less. What's helping 360 video is the fact that you can look on your cell phone and you can get the experience on your cell phone that you can on your browser that you can with your headset. So as soon as it becomes like that, I think it's going to really kind of take off. VR is in the state. Remember the days when you look, hey, look, I got a cell phone. It's this big. (laughs) And it was heavy and you walked around, but it was mobile. Yeah. I think that's where we are with VR. Yeah. And it's clumsy. It's, it's awkward. I'll, I'll tell you. I don't know if you guys saw it, but one of the best things, and I, and I it, this is my next piece of gear, is uh, Embrace Cinema Gear. I don't know if you guys saw that. There's a little company from India. They had an ambisonic microphone for $1,000. Get for out of here. And it sounded really good. And it actually was mounted on top of a Zoom. Hmm. So you have the recorder. And not only that, but thousand dollars. That's yeah. not that cheap, though. But well, for, how much is the ambient for, for, for an ambisonic microphone? That's it's amazingly. Cheap. But how much is the ambient? Was another seventeen hundred? But the sound field used to be thirty five hundred. Sure, so. that's yeah. true. That's true. And not only that, but you get the recorder. And here's the thing about it: the cool thing about their setup is it's small, and you can you can mount a camera right on top of it. And that's one of the problems with ambisonic audio when you're recording video too. Is like you got to kind of create this giant tree of gear, you know, <laughs> and and so it's like, how can you do that on a on a budget when you're using a thirty five hundred dollar microphone and you have all this stuff? Well, now you get their little um, their little ambisonic microphone, and that has a really awesome um, stand that you can uh, put your camera on top of, and everything is right there. It's all small. It just makes it easier to be a kind of a one man band, kind of a you know just. Brings down your production costs. Hey, really quick, Rob, we totally skipped you before we got into this VR conversation. We did about AES and what you thought of AES. I mean, actually, this AES was a little <laughs> different for me because I ended up going to a lot of the uh, the lectures. Sorry, and stuff. You're, you're being you're being by <laughs> photo bombed by a by a, a moth. moth in VR. Right, in VR. Ooh, 3D. Ooh. Right. So right now, there's a bunch of people on their phones trying to follow the moth. <laughs> <laughs> They're welcome. I think to. we're good. Uh, I was there. Uh, I went to a bunch of the talks. I actually sat in on one talk. I was on a panel discussion with Scott that we did with Marvin Caesar yes. of Apex fame about uh, listener fatigue, mm-hmm. which is a, a panel he does each year, and it's a really interesting conversation. Uh, and it's funny because the head pod, the uh, the little headphone box that we use here on the podcast, yeah, just just look down. Yeah, you can look down. It's right here. There's two of them. Uh, great sounding headphone box, but it also reduces ear fatigue because it, it um, just has enough power to handle the transients. And if you listen to a lot of the El Cheapo headphone yeah. boxes, they're really fatiguing. But so uh, we sat on this panel with Marvin, <coughs> excuse me, talking about listener fatigue, and that was really cool. Um, I was amazed at how much VR stuff there was going on at AES, and it's just amazing how unfigured out it is. I mean, it is definitely still the Wild West, and even the top, top experts are saying, we're not sure what this is going to be yet. But, um, you know, there's a sub-conference there. Yeah, AVR, yeah. yeah a- AVR. AVR that you had to pay extra for, and yep, it was sold a out. Yeah, and, it was and, out. And, I, and I'll say, usually as a speaker, you get comp passes. Not in that one. I got a comp pass for AES. 
and it's still have to pay three hundred dollars to go to AVR. And there's the conference up that's coming up now in San Jose, which is a VRDC, two days long, a thousand dollars. Wow, see, that's where the money I, is. You're right. You know, is. you know what? See, I I don't know if you pay all this money to go to all these conferences, you're. I don't know. I heard some mixed reviews from a lot of these conferences. And so I'm just saying, you know, go online, kind of do what you're doing, wait till the market kind of figures itself out. You definitely want to go down that road. You definitely want to, to if, especially if you're starting an audio, it's a great place to go. But I'm, I'm just saying, pick one or two. You don't have to go to all of these things. Yeah. You'll be spending I, I, I think I was trying to connect, but I know there's audio budgets now, fifty, hundred, two hundred thousand dollars $200,000. Just for audio for VR, right? But that's that's not going to so- it's not going to stick around if nobody's making money. It's you sure. know what? Let's look at 3D TV. I mean, let's look at it's yeah, not, it's, it's different not, though. But see, it's it's different, but yet it's still the same because you're making requirements of people. That's the thing when you require pe- people are lazy generally. Well, but you know where I see it though, having been in it, um, we're not. We're the old people. We, we're going to go forty years, and we're we're not going to make it to Canaan, or whatever, the land of milk and honey. Yeah, yeah. So what happens is, I look. Uh, my son's twelve, and he doesn't sit like we sit. Pop on the couch, watch TV, zone out. Right. He's on his pot. He's on his iPad on the pot at twelve. Really? Yeah. <laughs> he's uh He's on his iPad on the staircase. He's. I think that there's a whole new way of being able to ingest picture. We're used to looking at pictures. I think there's a new gen of people that are going to look at the photographs, but they're going to be in 360. And there's people who are just going to go, that's the way we I, are used to looking at photos. I totally agree. But what I'm saying is th- because the people are more mobile and they're, they're not going to want to have to, okay, put on your headset and grab your controllers and be right here. It has to be way easier to ingest this stuff. And it has to be much more affordable. I mean, the th- sure. sorry, let me, let me jump in just no. for one, one quick sec. Um, until such time as all of this stuff becomes ubiquitous, the hardware itself becomes transparent, then you know we're going to be sitting here talking about how it's going to be the next big thing. When everybody's Android or iOS phone becomes the primary hardware driver for VR and there's yeah. some small little you know appurtenance that you attach to it for your eyes and for your you know and for your ears, then all of a sudden then the ubiquitousness of the of the platform is yeah. going to become prevalent and the result of that is that that's when the content will actually start but, really having a having a place to go. But see, I want to hear what Rob has to say about the gear because we didn't get that far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually let me think. What hit me about the gear? I uh, I loved Alan Side's new speakers, yeah. which I've loved a lot of his speakers. Uh, not sure where I'd put his speakers, but I really, really like them. Um, I was mainly at AES to catch up with friends and industry contacts, and I know that's true for a lot of us. There are some people you only ever see at AES, and I hate losing track of those people. Um, and so it was a good chance to catch up with friends. I found it uh, interesting that Avid now has rebranded the DAD uh, <laughs> oh, audio interface. Yeah, oh, we're going to be talking about Avid on the on the second on half. The second half. <laughs> I got plenty to say about those guys. Yeah, you and me both. But um, 
That DID stuff is absolutely great. And so it was interesting to see that Avid had taken it over. I agree about the Dante thing. I used uh, some Dante-based consoles when I was working in Austin all the time. And it's a great technology. It's amazing. I mean, we used it live. We used it in the studio. And we never had a single problem with anything. So um, it was interesting to see how, how much that had taken off. Trying to think what else I'd seen. The isotope stuff. I think you guys nailed Well, you know, speaking of speakers, did anybody listen to the JBLs? Which ones? The, Upstairs. The, the small ones in the demo. Oh, the seven series? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people were talking so, about Seven series. A lot of people were talking So, yeah, we're the poster child. I've just built 10 rooms, 10 7.1 rooms with the seven series. 708s, 705s. Uh, and I built in my room, I've got a full Atmos, 9.1 plus 4. Seven series. The seven oh fives were such a small speaker. They are amazing. Huge sound. Talking about them. Yeah, I've never heard a speaker sound so big, and yet it's so small. Yeah. I also how thought. Are they doing, how are they doing it, Poppy? They were is it running DSP it with of some sort. Running it with amazing amplifiers. That's well, what you're see, it's a pa- it's a passive speaker, so you actually have to. If you follow it all the way through, it costs you a lot of dough because you have to, there's um, there's DSP that you have right. to add. Well, you, you get you get the crown amp that has the a built-in BSS system. Yeah. They weren't even doing a crown amp; they were doing a uh, oh, what was the amp? It was it was an expensive amp. Uh, I thought Stern? it was I thought it was crown. Was it? No, a, I mean no, no, no. they're pushing crown because it's Harman. Yeah, right, right. Was it a crown that was – because that didn't look like a crown. Yeah. Was, yeah. No, the, new, the new crowns are slick looking. Yeah. Well, but what they, are they, A-channel? Was that- uh, they come in different configurations. But they also have a big LED – I mean they have a big display built into yeah. them. And- uh, well, yeah. That's why – wow. That's crown, man. That's not your daddy's crown. No, <laughs> no, no. Not at all. Not at all. But the system sounds phenomenal. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. It was phenomenal. The other thing that was new and unexpected there was that API had their uh, stomp boxes, their guitar – yeah. Wait, 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 wait. I missed this? Yeah, see? They have stomp boxes? Oh, yeah, yeah, they have giant analog oh, consoles. Yeah. They have this beautiful new oh, analog yeah. why console. Did, why did I miss this? stomp boxes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? And NAM, NAM, that was kind of their soft release. NAM, it's going to be a pretty Ooh. major release. That's, it was really cool to see them doing it, though. But yeah, NAM. Well, what kind of stomp box? The graphic GQs? And- they got a guitar one. They got a bass one. And it's basically what you want – you know, API has been a guitarist friend anyhow. So just imagine all the best parts of API. Mm. I'm not going to say more than that. And you put it together in a stomp box, and it's it's pretty Ooh. awesome. So you get some beautiful 2520 driven buffered output. Oh, it's all it's, it's all it's, to... it's all it's all API. I can tell you that right off the bat. And you, you put it in a stomp box, and you put it in your loop. Boy, it's gonna it's pretty killer. Nice. Um, but yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Stop taking my money, API. <laughs> Stop. Um, I'm trying to think if I missed anything else, but it was uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the Audio Nowcast. We cover stuff that happened a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> How about that uh, election there? You know, now that we have President Trump and all, it's going to be one of those. Well, well you know, <laughs> and the Eventide's come up with something new, too. Did you see that? I did not. So they came out with a uh, basically, well, we've talked to them in, in the past, a DSP box. That is controlled via workstation. So it can do all the coolest, latest, greatest things. Uh, and then they're going to grow upon that. So they're creating a new uh, DSP platform. 
Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to take a break here, uh, and then when we come back, we've got much more to talk about, and it's not going to be AES. And actually, one more thing because I know we're going to change the subject. But the other thing I noticed at AES was a lot of different people trying to do uh, like head simulation, like for HRTF stuff. For HRTF, yeah, yeah. Um, and there were companies that would like. Model your head and send you headphones. That Which is would, a huge thing right now. That seemed to be a big part of the industry. There were a bunch of competing Could, companies doing the problem. And, and uh, just before we before we go on a break, because no, no. we're changing the subject. There, but there but was no, a lot of that is, at the show. Uh, HRTF is really great, but they're doing averages on the way your head is configured. The best way to be able to get HRTF to work is to actually measure your head and to take analysis of your ear canal. And once they do that, they can then give you a file. Which will be your custom fit? Did you see the company from France that's doing? Yeah, that? it, cool. I, I think I think within a year it's going to pop up at Best Buy. You go into a booth, they'll scan it, they'll look at your ear, and then off you go. Well, I, I, I just got a set of Ultimate Ears in ears. Yeah, and they had a laser scanner in ten minutes. They yeah. they scanned your ear, and the next day, I had they're three D printed. Awesome. Next it's day, not wow. the, it's not the putting the the rubber goop in. No, your no, not anymore. Nice. No, no. How do they sound? Awesome. Really? <laughs> well, the, these were the special ones. These were the uh, the, the Capitol Records one. Wow. They, they went to Capitol. They they're they're trying to make a studio in ear. Wow. I'll tell you what. I tried <clears throat> the uh, the Sure um, Electrostatic. They're based on the. Oh right, yeah, right. They right. actually. They cost three grand. They're ridiculously expensive. Wow. Yeah, and, and you have they, to have the amplifier too. Right. Yeah. They have to have the amplifier, but they sound really, really good. If you if you have the uh, what is it the one fifteens the they're in ear ones they're like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Anyhow, yeah. they're really nice. I, I have a pair of those, and that's what I use when I fly. Amazing. They sound great. They block out noise. They're not noise canceling. They just fit tight, and they sound really good. Just that sound, you know, multiply it by ten. It's just really. It's they're not electrostatic. You know, if you listen to an electrostatic speaker, they it there's no effort. It, like it sounds like there's no effort for for it to produce the fre- the frequencies. And so you you know you don't necessarily get a lot of volume, but you just get this smoothness, and, that, big, yeah. and, and that's what they sound like. But yeah. it's three grand. Yeah. They sound great, but it's three thousand dollars. But it sounds great. Hey, I'll tell you one thing about the the show that I noticed, and actually, it's kind of audio in general, and it's kind of I think the studios in general. It's like. People are ready for that next big thing. They're kind of excited. I think that's why VR, a lot of people are glomming on that to be They're the ready for it. Day. They're just not sure just, what to make of it yet. Yeah, it's a very interesting it's just, time. It's just like some people are like, what's that next big thing? What is going to happen? What, what is that going to be? And and I think that was the positivity of, of AES. There was a little bit of that looking forward to what that is. Um, we're going to take a break now for reals. <laughs> for reals? For reals. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. We're going to talk about Avid. We're going to talk about Apple. And we're going to catch up with everybody and what they've been doing because I know people have been working on some more fun stuff. So we'll see you on the other side. You're listening to the Audio Nowcast sponsored by API and Westwave Audio. Have a question for the panel? Email us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com.
Hey, welcome back to the Outcast. And before the break, we were talking about all things AES. And uh, we're not going to talk about AES anymore. We're going to move on to some uh, bigger and better things. Um, I got to tell you guys a story really quick. And uh, this will lead into what we're going to talk about first. Is uh, I work at a place. We have a couple of audio bays. And we went to go upgrade one of our audio bays. And we bought um, an Omni with the native card and Pro Tools 12.6, installed it in the computer, and the poor guy spent a whole day trying to figure out why Pro Tools could not see the Omni. Um, Same company, you bought the interface, you got the software, the whole thing, could not figure out, could not figure it out. Finally called called, um, DigiDesign and uh, asked what was up, and apparently, we didn't have a license for DigiLink. And you need a DigiLink license to have the Omni talk to Pro Tools in 12.6. And that's $300. And we said, what? What? Never heard of that. Called them up and they gave and us a license. Subscription? They gave us a license for DigiLink. So now you buy an interface and you buy the software and you need yet another license that they can charge you before it even talks. Just the fact that it, that the DigiLink is a license that you need, rather you know, we ended up getting it for free. But the fact that it exists really pisses me off. There is a piece of software out there to allow you to have one company's software talk to that same company's yes, it's hardware. a license. It's DigiLink. It is. It was so. But, I was so angry. I was so off off wait, but if you get the um, wait, if you get the subscription though, does it automatically come with the DigiLink license? I, I have no idea. I, Just so, the fact so, that it exists it pisses me off. I heard that something. I heard the reason they were doing that because I, I heard a little bit of rumor about this, but I haven't experienced it. Is because now that you can use non-digi yeah. hardware, they want to charge you for it. They want to charge you yeah. to not use their hardware. Yeah, but now they're charging you to but use that's their hardware. Avid hardware. No, no, no. But I thought that if you have a subscription, I might be wrong. That you automatically get the DigiLink. Right. You know what? That's that may be true, but the problem is, is that it exists in the first place. Because what happens when you don't want the subscription anymore? You just want to use your legacy stuff, and they're like, "Well, you can't use it because your DigiLink license is not, you know, up to date." They they can really screw with you, and that's what really ticks me off about this whole thing. It's like. Did you design? I mean, did you design? I Avid. wish Avid. Yeah. Avid. The is, '90s are calling. They want yeah, the digital design. Back. Avid is. They're a horrible, horrible company for doing that. They're a horrible company for a lot of reasons. But the fact of the matter is, is, they're on a money grub like you cannot believe. And and they're getting out of their hardware and they're trying to figure out how to soak it to their to their user base. And that's the thing that ticks me off about Avid is they're they're a company that does not reward. Does not reward loyalty. They don't. There's you've been no able sense. to use non-avid interfaces for a really long time. I what know, changed? but I think it's HD. I think that's the difference. That's the thing. It's like oh, it's before if you want the HD. Features. Well, see, yeah. before you could get HD and still use any interface that you wanted, but they never. You could never buy HD without getting a software. I think. I think with hardware. Mm-hmm. Now you. But can it get used the to be you bought uh, Pro Tools for three hundred bucks. Yeah, and then you just use whatever hardware you wanted, and then when they realized, I mean. If you look at Avid and Digi Design's model, 
They're actually a hardware company that has software. Where they make their money is hardware. No, but they're the moment out, they don't have the hardware, they're getting out of their hardware. They're they are getting out of their hardware business. That that. Well, but they still got the S six. They still got the S three. You watch. They still got the, the IOs. That, that, that's going to be less and less and less important. That's right. They're getting out of. They're it. getting out of hardware. Oh, yeah. They are going. So they want the subscription. They it, want to be Adobe, huh? Right. It, it's a bad decision, I think. A bad yeah. Corporate. Decision. And not only that, but they value Pro Tools at twenty five hundred dollars. That's what the value of Pro Tools is. It's twenty five hundred bucks. And and they're doing everything to make it to lock you in, and they're trying to find every way to suck money out of their established user base. Let's not even forget, you know, it's not like they're looking for new, new, you know. But you users. think that 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 company's hit saturation, where everyone, every major company, not not individual, but every major company, recording studio, film studio, game studio, you already got one. They already have it. Do you need another one? Nah, that works just fine. But you need to update if you know if your right. operating system comes along and it updates, and then all of a sudden the old version of Pro Tools is no longer compatible with El Capitan or right. Sierra. But how many which, people? Which, which, which I mean, happened? Totally there's a happened. huge business now in the old Mac computers. Yeah. That people going, hey, don't buy the trash can, buy the old one. Yeah. We're selling a ton of them. Because you don't need to upgrade. You don't need yeah. the new operating system. You could stay exactly where you were and have parts available. Listen, there yeah, I mean Avid's just making it really difficult yeah. for people to freeze themselves into a, you know, into not upgrading. And and it's really it just like I said it really pisses me off because they're taking advantage of loyalty. I've been using I've been mixing on on Pro Tools for over 20 years. I've been since 1996, 1995ish professionally been working in broadcast. I mean, I'm one of the originals of of mixing on, on Pro Tools. So I've used it. But I tell you, I, I, I do not, you know, I will not defend them because it's kind of, they're indefensible on some of these decisions. And just the fact that they, they don't have audio guys, they don't have guys in the industry making some of these these decisions. It's purely numbers. It's just, it's making it really difficult. And I'll tell you what, it's going to backfire on them. And I kind of agree with Bobby said. The, well, what's it's the, the wrong dis- Reaper? Well, Nuendo? No, no. Here's no. the thing. Here's the thing. Our generation, we're, we're staying with Pro Tools, but I'll tell you, there's that, that the brand new generation that are working on with the Reapers, that are working on, on some of the cheaper the stuff. I mean, Reaper's decent for games. Studio One. Studio One is a great, I, I just got that. It's a great alternative. But you can do post-production. One? You know what? No, you do post production in Nuendo. Yeah, and yeah. and there, you know what? Dude. Which is way better than Pro Tools, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, but I, it it seemed like at one once upon a time Nuendo was a serious threat, and I loved it because they were a post production tool. And now it seems like they're like, yeah, you know, we're going back to Cubase, we're going back to music, and it's. Post-production's just... Nuendo's number one thing is post-production. If you want... The but fact isn't that Cubase... Got... Rob, isn't Cubase further along than Nuendo? Well, they they leapfrog back and forth. One will okay. have more features and the versions will skip back and forth. So sometimes Nuendo's further ahead, sometimes Cubase is further ahead. I thought ahead. Nuendo was, was actually in front, right? From it's the I'm same sure code right base, now. and it's a matter yeah. of them just opening up different features as they go. If you want both, you buy Nuendo, and then you buy the Cubase Music Kit or something yeah. for like two ninety nine, and right. you've got all the features of Cubase inside of Nuendo, and so you've got everything. But I don't, I don't see any. Ma- I mean, I've, I know some post places, but I mean some game places, but I haven't seen a major post company 
yeah. invest in the window system. You know what's going to happen? There's going to be it's, a point, though, where people are so – where financially it's just impossible to keep maintaining everything. Sure. There's, there's going to be a software company on that new generation of the cargo cults and the isotopes. And there's going to be somebody who's going to come out with a DAW that's going to compete with Pro Tools. And, and it's, it's going to happen. There's things that are in the works that are on the fringe that – that aren't out yet, but it's going to happen. And and Pro Tools, every company kind of goes through that. They kind of get to a point, they get big, and then they kind of lose their way, and things going out. I'll tell you another. And company, it's the best thing for Pro Tools is to have a competitor. I'll, I'll oh, tell you. Yeah. I'll tell you another company that's yeah. that's that's doing similar thing, even on a bigger scale. Is if you look at Apple. Apple's yeah. lost its way with the creatives. Absolutely. Apple. Yeah. The the creatives built Apple. We built Apple. We saved Apple. Steve Jobs came and preached to us and we bought it. And, and you know what? It wasn't a bad thing because they were actually – it's a great creative computer. But what's happening is they've lost their way. Apple's and, a telecommunications And, and Tim Cook yeah. doesn't have the same drive. He doesn't have the same creative passion that, that Jobs had. And you get really dumb decisions and you get – you get, you know, computers that haven't been upgraded in three years. You know, you get MacBooks that haven't been upgraded. And you know what? Sure, they're coming out probably even next week with a new um, MacBook Pro. But it's not enough. It's like, are you going to invest in it and then it's going to be stale? It's going to look great and it's going to have amazing features. But it's just, you know, and odds are I'll probably get one, you know, because I, I, I have to stay current with technology and stuff. But the fact of the matter is, is they really lost their way in a lot of yeah. stuff. And when they took, I'll just tell you, when they took the headphone jack out of the iPhone 7. Dumbest that move was, that ever. Was a, well, see, that I was disagree. A, I think no, it's, 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 look, I'm not anti-lightning port, but I am, I am anti-taking functional technology and trying to lock us into a dongle. Look, here's what you have to do. We gotta, you have to we put gotta a, buy another set of headphones. You got to put a dongle no. onto, your, onto your phone now to Listen through your headphones, and the voltage that's coming out of that isn't nearly enough to drive a lot of headphones, you know. And Peter Kern over at Create Digital Music has a great article if you about basically that and what's went wrong with Apple, and and is kind of echoing a lot of the same stuff that that I'm talking about. And actually, I'm kind of echoing a lot of stuff that he's talking about. Uh, the fact that you know, it's just you know. They, they're taking something and they're – you have to have a dongle, okay. a $40 dongle. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. OK. Go. You're right. Right now, you have to have the dongle. But from what I've heard from various sources within the industry and outside the industry, there's a big movement towards wireless everything, including wireless headphones, wireless earpieces, wireless earbuds, all that stuff. And you're going to see both professional – and non-professional companies started to come out with these big time. So Apple looked at this 100-year-old piece of technology that's – if there's something going to break, that's what's going to break on the thing because it's totally analog. So I don't blame them for, for shutting it down. It's, it's like the see, tethered, you know what? Here's concept. the thing. Here's the thing. The whole wireless thing, it's all great and dandy. Keep the – Keep that in there because here's what's going to happen. I'm going to Japan on Thursday and I'm flying 11 hours and I guarantee you the first thing that they're going to say is turn off any of your wireless stuff. So now you're going to – you know, it's like wine, wireless is great 
but it's you're always going to have a need for somewhere somewhere down the line to to plug in to get some audio out of it, and that's why they make the adapters. And now, if you want to listen to your phone and charge your phone and listen on headphones, right. now you have to buy that's yet problem. another adapter. That's, that's the so issue. That's the thing. If if you look at a Mac a trash can Mac, you know. It's not elegant. You look in the back and you have to have hard drives and you yeah. got to get – you have to have all this stuff that you have to connect. Remember back in the day when you had a tower and it could just be the tower? That was yeah. the elegant one because yeah. everything was, was hidden yeah. away inside. Yes, and it was absolutely. easy to get to yes, and pull absolutely. apart. That's like, and, I'm just, and I'm just saying Apple's lost its weight. Like Steve Jobs would not approve of a bunch of tails coming out of, of their gear. You know, so I have a different it, problem when you talk about – and I agree with you that I think they've lost their way. But one of the things I used to love about Apple was when you put an operating system in, it came in, it worked, it was well thought out, and it was so reliable. Now it's a, oh, you used El Capitan? Yeah, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Now, every time it says, do you want to upgrade your operating system? You're like, no! No! You're so – Whether it's the phone or it's either operating systems like, don't do it. Don't do it. And of course, I did El Capitan on my old iMac, and it's slow. I will mention that tonight's podcast is being recorded on a Mac <laughs> Tower that I bought used, an old one, yeah. 12 core, I think it is, uh, with Pro Tools 10. Yeah, and it works amazing. And it works beautifully. You know, OS 10.6.8 or something like yeah, that, probably. I forget which one. 10.7.4, I think, maybe. Yeah. But uh, Scott Scott brings up a really good point, though. The updates of the software coming out on your yearly, yeah. yearly basis that you're right. It's You're, you're gambling. Every time you, you upgrade, you're gambling. Okay, what's going to break here? What's and and you know there? the operating system will not work with any of your audio gear. Yeah. You just know it. If it comes in, you know, I've seen Sierra's coming out. And all of, I'm getting all these emails. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah, Don't right. do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm on Yosemite. I, I haven't even gone up to El Capitan because yeah. it's like I, everything works and it works really well. And I do not want to rock the boat because I don't want to be out in you know in New York in a hotel room trying to work on something and you realize that you broke something because you updated and you didn't know you broke it because you haven't been working in this program in like a week or two and now you start the program and you're like. Oh my goodness! You know yeah. who got completely hosed? Here's here is a uh, here is a sad story for audio people. The SSL Nucleus, right? Wonderful, fairly expensive MIDI controller with uh, you know a digital audio card inside of it, so it can be your all-in-one connection to your computer, right. right? You know, I think it's two in, two out. Great sounding, high quality, everything, et cetera, et cetera. SSL subbed out the development of the hardware card for the audio card itself to a third-party company. And when Apple came out with El Capitan, it became completely incompatible. And that company went elsewhere, belly up, don't know exactly what. So anyone who bought a Nucleus, who spent $5,000 on an SSL Nucleus, the, the card inside of it is no longer compatible with current versions of the Macintosh operating system, and it never will be. Uh, it never will be. See, they will never fix it. See, it, that's, that's the kind of stuff, yeah. you know, where you, you look at companies like Avid and you look at Apple and you see them, them losing their way and you're like – you know, it's just it's just the way it goes. It's like, yes, but shareholders think differently. Right? No, I, mean, if you I think, understand that. No, if you think about Apple, you know, I I, I deal with a lot of technology companies, Microsoft, Apple, and so what happens is that was in VR too. That yeah. was actually you got Facebook working? and Google. So Google Whoa. says, "Hey, we're coming out with phones. We're coming out with VR. We're going to come out with a self-driving car. What are you coming out with?" 
uh, newer, cooler computer. So in other words, yeah. so what happens is Wall Street is getting excited. And Apple is so big, Apple's not going to double. Apple's not even going to go up 30 40%. So the problem with Apple's facing is some ways the only place to go is down. Yeah. Yeah. So now they've got to come out with something exciting. But Apple's always sat back and, and let other people kind of do it wrong and then they do it right. But I think right now it's a different race and there's different companies. And I think that Apple is has more money than anybody, right. but they don't have maybe have as much innovation as they used to. You know, I, I was just talking to uh, Russ over at Pro Tools Expert. <clears throat> Great site, Pro Tools Expert. Yeah, we like those guys. Yeah. But he also has uh, Studio One Expert, Logic Expert. And I think Ableton Live Expert. So he has a, a number of sites that are dedicated to software. So I was asking him, okay, what's hot now? What is the up-and-coming trend of you know workstation? He says, absolutely Studio One. They get the most mail, email. They get the most input. They get the most excitement. Everything is, is around Studio One. Logic is falling by the wayside, which... Yeah. Surprisingly, in in Europe, that was the the big. And Studio One doesn't well surprise it's so me at easy. all. It's so logically simple. Well, you know, it's actually the guys that from Cubase. That yeah, built yeah. It. Wolfgang, yeah, yeah. And apparently, it's easy. It has a lot. Of, now, I haven't looked at the latest version, but the the old version, it's yeah. fairly easy to use. It's, it I remember it has a Wolfgang, lot a lot of creation tools. So, it, yeah. if you're a musician, there's creation exactly. tools. Yeah. Now, it, post, it's different. It's no, not, no. You not know, when, when Wolfgang with Rob and I came in, he said, "Let me show you what I'm working on." And he goes, "It's simple. You want a guitar? You got a guitar. You got a very musical. Wasn't doing all these thousands of things you would do." You just want to record music, and it's easy. It was quick. You know, it sounded good. Here's the thing: I, yeah. I I just got Studio One, the latest version. It's a great program. It's really awesome. You just, if you think like Pro Tools, you're going to be lost. It doesn't work like Pro Tools, so you you can't you can't think like your DAW. Just go in with an open mind, and you're like, oh, okay. It's you know what? It, it, it's like. Really, anything else. Like the first time you, you open FL Studio, I don't know if any of you guys use FL Studio, Fruity Loops. It's not like any other DAW out there. It has its own way and it's amazing. But don't think like you think in Pro Tools, you know? But you know, one, one thing that frustrates me and I've, I've had conversations with Avid is that Pro Tools is a mixer, a tape machine, and a patch bay that you insert outboard gear and it blindly, dumbly, you put audio through it. And something comes out. So, for instance, if you say, I want to record a region from here to here, you can cut off the tail of your reverb, and there's no intelligence to say, by the way, you don't want to do that. So, they're taking something very old technology. I'm waiting for someone to come up with an op- with a DAW that's actually smart, because yeah. it's just easy to do. Mm-hmm. Saying, if you've got a three-second reverb, and you're going to cut it off, saying, wait a minute – don't you want to extend it to get the whole reverb? Where the plugins talk to each other. Well, Neutron's kind of going there. That's, yeah, that's the next, true. next right. generation. Well, let me move on to, you know, along the same lines, okay? So we're talking about all this gear. We're talking about gear that we use, gear that we've, we've used for years and years and we've built our careers on. When I was, you know, in the dark days of no podcast, I was surfing a lot of 
websites and a lot of forums, and I like to go like gear slats and things like that. Some of them were of... actually about pro audio. It wasn't <laughs> just porn, really. <laughs> and and you know one thing that I noticed, and 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 I want to talk about it, and I've, and I've mentioned this before, but. If you want to make it and if you want to have a career like any of the guys that are sitting around here, one of the things that I notice about all you guys and myself included and all and, and that are in our circle of friends is we're kind of gear agnostic. You know, we we will will come in and out of gear and in and out of technology to to always evolve and we do not plant our flag on any particular place or gear or anything like that. And I've noticed that. Just people are. <laughs> well, that's my philosophy. I was, like, was going to say, Rob's like, he's no. like, no, so he just gets all of it. Well, well but, it's, but it's, but, but you know, it's amazing when you go onto these websites how people are so wrapped up in whatever it is and they will defend it to, you know, and they'll just get ugly and nasty with each other. And, and, and I just want to tell you guys that you are so much bigger than your gear. It's it's not about your gear. It's about I mean, your talent. One of the things know? I've always said, if you ever turn down a gig because you have the wrong equipment, that's bad. You should really reconsider. I mean you should learn as much as you can. Any gig that's worth doing, you know, if, if it has enough of a budget that it can warrant getting the gear. I mean I, I've seen people – you know, in the old days more than now, but turn down a, a gig because they wanted – it wasn't going to be in Logic and they only work in Logic or it wasn't going to be in Cubase and they only work in Cubase. You got to be completely agnostic. The, yeah. the gear is so unimportant. No one's ever going to remember. Your musicality is not – your musicality right? has nothing to do with whether it's Steinberg Absolutely. or – Don't you plant know. your flag and don't be rude to each other. If somebody likes X and you don't like X because you have Y – it's okay that he likes X, you know, yeah, and cares. and that's and and I see that all the time, and and you get into these discussions on these discussion boards, and you're trying to to be intelligent, and and people just they get so I understand you spent thousands of dollars putting your studio together, it it's like your car, I get it. You, there's a certain amount of ego that you have tied into this, but. It's okay if somebody else does something a little bit different. And you know what? It's okay if somebody else sounds better. You know, it's like you learn. That's how you're going to have a career and that's how you're going to make it. If you, if you don't, if you don't think that way. And I know, I know for a fact, all the guys here that have been in the audio for years and for decades, you know, they've evolved and they've, they've, they've gone beyond, you know, where, where it is. Well, one of the reasons there's such a variety of gear here and you can't really tell, but on the, computer screens there are there are some machines here that are dedicated to virtual instruments and some that are dedicated to DAWs and the DAW machines have Pro Tools and Logic and Cubase uh, and the virtual in- instrument machines have you know every virtual instrument you can think of yes. because but it wasn't all bought at once right. each one was usually bought as an answer to an assignment right and a reason to learn something if you try to do it all at once you're going to go crazy but you know, if you're if you're starting to work with an artist who likes to work in Logic, well, then learn Logic and use Logic. I mean, you, it doesn't pay to help, or it doesn't pay to try to convince people to change the way they right. work necessarily. So it's it's a, I mean, for me, it was always fun too to evolve and learn new technologies. But if you're ever saying no to something because they use different technology than you do, you really need to reevaluate. I, yeah. I think the, the the key what I've been finding between let's say pro gear and prosumer gear is simply reliability. All I want to know is if I'm in a gig and I'm crashing several times an hour and I'm having to redo work and now it's midnight and I really want to go home but I can't because I'm having to compensate for the 
and stability of the technology, that's when I have a problem. Yeah. I, I'd also say – And between, I've done that a bunch. Well, and between music and post, there's also a major difference in scale. Yeah, absolutely. You know, sure. number of tracks and, yeah. and bandwidth and everything else. So you're often pushing – in the post world, you're pushing something way harder than we might in the music sure. world. Yeah. We're not ever doing a thousand-track playback. Uh, but unless, also, unless I mean, Stevie gets like some you know percussion also, instruments and records I, a thousand What I tracks. find also <laughs> difference is automation. Yeah. So in automation, you'll find a post. The guys are moving the faders like this, and with dialogue, and they're writing dialogue, and they're writing music. And music's like it, it. What music are you talking about? We get every bit of surgical, but we don't do it to a thousand tracks at a time. Sure. No, well, no, we get we get surgical. Yeah, and. And it's I'll, not like this, but if you got a synth plane, it's not like it's there's dynamics happening. I don't when know. you're mixing, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I stand you're not corrected. Gonna win. You're not going to win that one, especially if you're sitting in a music. I'm room. not sure how, how much I believed it anyway. <laughs> Let's go to something a little less controversial, like VR. And, no way, like, <laughs> like Donald Trump. No, um, so, look, all I, all I wanted to say is, and, and I wanted to bring that up, especially since in this place, you know, um, don't. Don't live and die by any one particular piece of gear or technology and be open to all of them because that's how you're going to get a career. There's a big difference between a gig and a career. You know, all these guys have had a lot of gigs, but they also had a lot of career, you know, and, and you get that career by being able to adapt. And I replaced someone who wasn't able to adapt and that's how I got my first job, you know? So, it's like if you want to have that 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 longevity. I mean, that um, longevity of of a career, you just gotta just gotta take it, you know. So learn VR, learn all these technologies, but just just kind of be open. A, a good example is, and I'm gonna end with this: is you know the whole Mac Windows thing. You know, it's like Windows is pretty great. My last computer that I bought was a window machine. I'm I'm flying out on Thursday. I'm going to Japan. I have an 11-hour flight. I have a little 14-inch computer. I have three terabytes that I have Velcroed to the back of it. One is full of media. The other one is full of all my virtual instruments and all my sound libraries. And I'm going to be editing on the way out. I'm going to be shooting there and then editing that same footage on the way back in on a little on a little Windows machine. And it's amazing, the technology. And I'm using – I got to give a shout-out to um, Apogee, to their Groove. They have this adapter. It's this little box, and it's basically – you take a Apogee sound card and just take the outputs. That's all it is. And and you plugs into the USB and it's like having an Apogee um, interface, but just nice. the output part of it. And and there's no inputs. It's just a playback and it sounds great. It's amazing. And because you know the the real tech, you know the 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 Windows um, sound chip that everybody uses. It's Drek. Horrible, it's awful, horrible. But um, anyway, I don't know. I just wanted to throw that in because I, I, I just I I saw so much vile and I saw so much hate on these message boards when people had these different opinions. And I'm like, guys, just life's chill. too short. And you, you know, you know, essentially, I was just thinking, like, who could replace or who could, who's new that could come into the marketplace? And there's actually somebody I think that you might have worked with, Weiss. Hmm. There's a game engine called W. Weiss who does thousands of tracks. Yeah. They trigger things via game. They have inserts. They have buses and chaining and plugins in a game engine 
and they're not necessarily doing it linear, but linear is easy. Yeah. I mean, they're doing the hard stuff, and all they would have to do is just slightly refurbish their technology into a linear format, because they, 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 they do stream music linearly. Right. But, there's, but it's so smart that they know exactly what's going on with every sound because they've approached it from a different way. And that might be somebody that we don't even see coming from the sidelines. I, I hope it does. I hope, I hope it gets there and I hope you know, there's somebody comes up and, and really pushes, pushes Avid. I hey. will point out that Wise is already built uh, directly and it's connected to Nuendo. So if you're working in Nuendo yeah, doing yeah. sound design, you yeah. can also stick stuff directly out into your game engine and be able to tweak things within sure. the DAW back and forth. It's, yes, go Wise. They're awesome. Well, hey, listen, we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping this Inquire up. Where? Um, be, it's you know what? It's great. It's great being here, Rob. I mean, opening up the studio for us to be able to be here and just to thank, thank, you, Rob. thank you, Rob. Just to yeah, look here and really. see a virus bee right here. I mean, come on, it's just ridiculous. It's just there's everything around. And like I said, uh, we're gonna. We're going to do a little virtual tour of this place so that you guys can see just how awesome it is. Um, but before we go, um, let's just go around. What have you worked on in the, in the last four months, brother? Anything you want to well, talk about? This will be another hour. <laughs> no, just, just I've been preparing quick. for an invasion of uh, podcasters into my studio. I mean, sadly, I have not been here that much because I've been traveling like a crazy person. And I've been traveling with my little portable uh, Pro Tools and – I still carry, you know, three MacBook Pros with me and two iPads <laughs> and a bunch of other stuff. About twenty terabytes of hard drives, and I just I don't travel light. I'm definitely no fun to be so behind. You don't need in the, the gym anymore. Line. You just carry, you know. No, I just carry my computer and, and, bag's and, and, about eighty pounds. I've carried his bag. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> People think it's bolted to the floor. Yeah, it's awesome. very heavy. <laughs> <But> so, <laughs> so I carry my Pro Tools. I'm I'm going to be recording a concert. By the time this posts, I'll be I'll have been back from the East Coast where I'm recording a concert for some friends. So I've been. Remaining mobile and just traveling back and forth and back and forth. Um, I've actually been proactively looking for projects to come in and, and use the studio more. The, we're set up for 5-1 and 7-1 mixing and uh, have some lines on some projects that could be used in the place when I'm away. I miss it when I'm not uh, in town, but um, actively trying to find projects to fill it when I'm not using it. That's awesome. Bobby O, how about you? Well, I've been in production mode on a new course that I've been building, which hopefully will be out by the time this comes out. And uh, going back on a couple of my early books, um, Mixing Engineer's Handbook and Recording Engineer's Handbook, I'm actually getting the rights back from my publisher. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah, I think that'll be pretty good. So um, the fourth version of those, of each of them, will be coming out soon. That's fantastic. Yeah. Scott, what about you? Besides all the stuff you can't talk about. <laughs> and it's increased thousandfold. Um, so, you know, I, I've taken this role over at Technicolor. And um, I, there's parts of me that, that absolutely love it in the fact that I feel like I've just found a cliff and I'm looking straight up and there's so much to learn. Um, interfacing with visual effects companies, MPC, The Mill, Mr. X. Um, I'm part of the technology division of Technicolors trying to create technology and, and understand technology. Um, yeah, I think over the last couple of months, I think I'm becoming a VR nerd. Um, but it's great. I mean, it's it's. I'm definitely not in my comfort zone anymore, and I kind of That's love good. that. That's good. 
And, it, and it's great. So, you know, doing games, doing movies, doing VR, and learning. Uh, the learning is, is huge. And we're doing a ton of projects. Um, I did an Audi commercial that was huge. They got a lot of attention. <clears throat> it was all backwards. It was like born and it was, it was done during the uh, debates. So there was a blonde woman and a sort of a pseudo-blonde redheaded man. <laughs> uh, and they used that during that and it got us in Forbes and people have been analyzing uh, the project we did. It's kind of weird to see blogs and you know people saying they're reversing it because they're trying to figure out what we did. And <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think it was that. I just, hey, you know, it was kind of fun and we did some cool design. But, That's uh, awesome. Yeah, you know. There you go. That's great. Nick. Uh, I've been doing a, a bunch of stuff. Um, Nick, it's good to have you here, brother. Oh, it's good to be you, here. You were missing some podcasts there? Uh, there. There was a lot of reasons. For I know. That. But, but I'm here. Say, it's good to I'm back. I know. Back. I'm back. Good. If we only didn't do it on Tuesdays, because it's also Boy uh, Scout I night, know. that would make it a little easier for me. But, Go back to Thursdays. <laughs> um, but I've been working on some neat stuff, um, an interactive uh, – Let's let's see. I'm still at Disney. I I just worked on um, an interactive installation that I can't really get into too much yet, but it's it's been a phenomenal learning experience. As you said, that's one of the great things about what we do. Um, it is where we were in the middle of October, and I just finished writing a holiday song for Disney that uh, I hope that we will be recording in a couple of weeks, and it's very sweet with jingle bells that's and all awesome. sorts of stuff. Um, and then at home, uh, I've taken on an entirely new uh, a, a new technical obsession that we don't have time to get into too much here, but I hope we will talk about it later. Yes, that's right. I've gotten into Eurorack. Oh. Oh. So I've started building oh. uh, a whole CV-based analog There's some modular synthesizer. There's amazing modules out there. There is some amazing You know what? We, we're going to do a show on that. Because I, oh, it's, uh, so it's did you buy, the Did you buy the Moog little 30? Was it? Uh. No, no, no. I already no, no. had. I already have a, a mini Moog that I'm using as the CV ex- expander. There's no MIDI anywhere, right? So I'm yeah. using the CV outputs of my mini Moog to drive this thing. I bought a depth for basic set, yeah. and then from there, I've been DIYing. I've already built like six or seven modules, soldering I, them all together. I, I'll tell you, I'm this close. I am I'm this insane. close I because I I read about it. I, I I love all the modules. I love all. I love going down. It's so great. They have some amazing, just funky module like. You want to know where innovation is. Some of these guys, totally. what they're doing on these modules, yeah. you're like, holy smokes. When I was, you know, when I was younger and I started learning modular synthesis 20 years ago, yeah. everything was analog. Yeah. Now it's a completely mixed bag. So yeah. the power supplies inside of these things do plus and minus 12 volts as well as 5 volts so that they can run digital stuff. Yeah. And there's no difference now. You can have an analog uh, filter, an analog oscillator, and then have some unbelievable digital module that you can buy or build or firm, update the firmware yourself. It's and incredible. Video, and video. You can have and video, video modules. And video. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's nuts. That's awesome. Modular synthesizers is a we're, way. We're Diego would that. be dying oh, yeah. right now yeah, if yeah, he was here. I'd be talking Diego, about come back. Uh, we're gonna. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Mike? Oh, man. I... I I have been – I've just been lucky. I've really been involved with a lot of projects and and I'm working on one um, that unfortunately I can't talk about it. But I'm doing some traveling and doing some shooting and then I actually – I did something in my career that I've never done before. I, I've worked on a lot of animated um, uh, series and a lot of animated movies and things like that. I'm 
working on the front end, um, creating radio plays for some animated shorts, which I had never done before. And basically, what this is is, you know, you do you do a radio play even before you get the boards. So basically, I have the script, and I have to make the script come alive um, with audio, um, and I kind of. And visualizing what could happen on the boards, and then you play it for the producer, and they you basically check in timing, and you're putting some sound effects, and then it goes away, and then to see it come back with the animatic to your sound, it's like it's really cool. It's like you're breathing life into something that's not even. I've always been on the other side where I get the animation, then you have to do all the sound design to it. Well, now you're kind of dictating. A little bit of the sound and a little bit of the pace and a little bit of the tempo and you and and it's really really interesting. So that's kind of fun and it's great. I, I feel blessed because you know when you get to do something new that you haven't done after you've been working as long as we have been working, it's always it's always great. So it just keeps you going. And uh, if you have any comments or questions, you can reach us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com, audio at nowcastnetwork.com, and you can like us on Facebook and we have a channel. We have an audio nowcast channel, so we're going to be doing some stuff there. And um, YouTube channel, you mean? Yep, YouTube. Yeah. Yep, YouTube channel. So we'll see what happens. Um, I got some help, and uh, and so that's really good. I don't have to do it all, so we'll see. But guys, it's great. This is awesome. And uh, Rob, thank you so much once again for uh, for hosting us here. My pleasure. Thank you, Rob. So for myself and all the guys, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and West Wave Audio. The Audio Nowcast is hosted by Mike Rodriguez and uses Aphex's 230 Master Channel Voice Processor. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you.